You know, whenever I preach, I act like I'm fighting a swarm of bees, and so this will, this will keep me. That's what Abraham Lincoln said is a good preacher. If he looks like he's uh, fighting a swarm of bees. Thank you so much, Irwin family. That was awesome. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. That's the God I know. Man, that was so good. Special, special day having them, of course, friends with Jeff and Lori, and delighted that they are here worshiping the Lord with us, leading us as we're preparing our hearts now for uh, the Lord's Supper. I love, love that song about the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us, uh, not from some of our sins or most of our sins, but what? All of our sins, iniquities, transgressions. And I praise God today that we stand before God clean and forgiven and whole, again, not by works of righteousness that we have done or we've mustered up, uh, but according to God's amazing grace, He's forgiven us. So I'm in the Bible, in 1 John chapter 4, if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn there with me. Uh, if not, if you can't pull it up on your tablet or uh, if you didn't bring one with you, we will have the, the passage of Scripture on the screen. We do want to welcome you guys that are online. I already started getting uh, lots of texts and messages. Uh, a lot of our people uh, travel and uh, it's, it's been amazing. I think Terry said we're up to about 50 to 60% of our normal attendance in-house. Uh, we're slow to come back, but we are coming back um, to church. But we've quadrupled at least in size and number online. So that's just God's way of, of doing things and His mathematics. And so we're just rejoicing that we have so many worshiping the Lord with us uh, today. I look forward to the Irwins. They're going to come back in a few minutes, give or take a few few is relative, right? Few minutes. They're going to come back and close us out in a song. But First John 4, this is love. This is the title of my message. It's the title of their new album that was just released a couple of weeks ago. And the song, I was just listening to it over and over this week. And it's so new, Irwin's, that I could not find it on lyrics.com. And so I was like, I would listen to it and I would write it out and I'd pause. I'd listen to some more and write it out and pause. So I've got it. And if it's not verbatim, you forgive me, but I'm really close. On a Friday morning, I'm sorry, on a Friday morning on a rugged tree, a perfect lamb and two guilty thieves, and the man in the middle was God's only son. When I picture it, I, I catch my breath. Though I wasn't on the hill where the blood was shed, I know he made a way when he cried, it is done. He could have come down, but he chose to stay. And when I think of it, I can't help but say this, this is love, the kind that gives its life away, its grace and mercy on display, this. This is love, it willingly takes up the cross and it doesn't matter what it costs. That's the second stanza of the song and that's the title of my message today, my brief message as we prepare our hearts and get ready. Uh, to partake of the Lord's Supper. I hope you have your, your juice and your wafer here. We'll open it up in just a moment. Uh, but in 1 John chapter 4 is our text. I want to read it to you. And I only got just a couple of things I want to really stress in the message. And then uh, just have you join in with me as we uh, eat this bread, as we drink this juice. And as we do, we're remembering Christ's death on the cross for us. And we're remembering the empty tomb, and we're also celebrating, as 1 Corinthians 11 says, we are proclaiming and celebrating that great day when Jesus Christ comes again. You see, the tomb is empty, the Savior is risen, and praise God, He's coming again. And we know that. That's our hope. That's our confidence. That's our joy. And here's the text. I love this text. 
In this is love. There it is. There's, there are the words to your song. This is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Six times in two verses, uh, the word itself or a derivative or the form of the word agape uh, is used. Now, the Holy Spirit could have inspired John and Paul and other Peter, other biblical writers to use eros and storge and philia, and those are all Greek words, and many of those words, we uh, find them in our English vocabulary today. But this word, this is the unique word, the love of God. This is the love of God that is seen at the cross of Christ. This is the love of God. And really, whenever I come across the word agape, and again, if you look at it, you study this text closely, you'll count six times the word or a derivative form of the word agape is used. And I always love to describe agape this way. Agape love is giving love. It's sacrificial love. It's the kind of love that when it's on display, it's at its best when it is sacrificing laying down one's life, putting another's needs above our own. It's the love demonstrated for us on the cross. And so as I look at this text with you for a couple of moments, as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, the first thing I want us to look at is love explained. Love explained or exegeted. Love put on display in this passage of Scripture. And there are three words in verse 10 that I want you to highlight. If you're taking notes, just underscore or highlight these three words uh, in verse 10. Uh, Jeff, I'm kind of liking using this. This is kind of fun. This kind of takes me back to my old days, my evangelist days, and holding this thing up here and, whoo, makes me a little more calm. I don't know. I, I bet 20 of y'all are going to hand me a microphone next week. You know, here, use this one, Pastor. This is good. All right, the first word is not. Isn't that interesting? I, I chose a negative word to begin with. But John uses this word not because he's going to contrast what we can do and what God can do. He says, not that we loved God, not that we agape God. Before we knew God, we really didn't know how to love or love God. We didn't have, and here's what I want you to hear, we didn't have the ability and we didn't have the capacity to love God and love one another with this agape kind of love. Why? Again, because this love is a love that is imputed or it's imparted. It is demonstrated on the cross. It's given to us through Jesus Christ who died on the cross and gave us this kind of love. But prior to that, prior to you and me accepting Christ, knowing him, John says not, not that we agaped or loved God. First John 4, 19 says this, we love him because why? He first agape or he loved us. I guess with the word not, I could use the word uh, problem. Now, this is our problem that we don't have the ability. We don't have the capacity to love to lay down our lives. John 15, 13, Jesus said, no greater love agape than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. So that's the problem. We don't have that capa capacity. We don't have the wherewithal. We don't have the ability to say, well, I will lay down my life for you. I will extend um, my, my heart and my soul and my service to you. We can't do that until we meet the God who does that. All right, the second word is the word sent. 
All right, it's in verse 10. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent. God is a sending God. Jesus Christ came on a rescue mission so that you and I could be restored to God that created us. We could have a relationship with him. We could live in peace. We could live in joy. We can live with the fact that our sins are gone and forgiven. We can say, I can go to bed at night at peace. I can wake up in the morning and I know I've got joy in my heart. Why? Because God loved me. He saved me. He changed me. He took my sins and he cast them as far as the east is from the west. He threw them at the bottom of the sea. He remembers them no more. I'm free. I'm forgiven. Why? Because God sent. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Agape the world. It is the same word. For God so agape the world that he gave his only son. He sent his only son. Only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John, uh, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his What's the Greek word for it? You Greek scholars, I'm so proud of y'all, man. You said, what were those other three Greek words? They're not important. This is the one. God demonstrated his agape toward us in that while we were still, what? Sinners, what did Jesus do? This, this is love. Man, I'm just loving that song. Man, that's a good song, I'm telling you. I've listened to it so many times this week. This is love. Why? We know it because God sent his son. Now, the third word, you know I've got to tackle this word. If I want to read that word, at least I've got to explain that word, and it's the word that starts with a P. Somebody say it real loud. Very good, Jennifer. You Bible scholar, you, I know. Propitiation. Helasmos is a Greek word. Atoning sacrifice is a great way to describe it, but here's the best way to describe it. You know what propitiation is? said, God is a holy, awesome God. He can't, he can't look at sin. I want you to wrap your minds around that for just a minute. God, in his pristine purity, in his ontology, in the essence of who he is, the deity, the creator, the awesome, one true living God, cannot look at sin. The only thing he does to sin is he pours out his wrath on sin, okay? Now watch this. <laughs> We're sinners. We deserve the wrath of God. Why? Because we're sinners. Would anybody like to debate Hamar theology with me today, the doctrine of sin? Would anybody say, but I'm the exception to the 7.4 billion people on the planet, Brother Danny, because you realize I've never sinned. Look at me. I've never thought a thought I shouldn't have thought. I've never done a dastardly evil deed. I've never said anything that I should have never said. Liar, liar, pants on fire. All of us are sinners, right? And God is holy and just and awesome and omnipotent. And so you and I have got it coming. God will pour out wrath upon us because he's holy and we're sinners. Watch this, watch this, don't miss it. We're sinners by nature, the Adamic nature, the book of Romans, and we are sinners by choice. And so you and I are in deep trouble. God is holy, just, and pure, and you and I are sinners, and we, got, we, we deserve what's coming for us. Come on now, watch this. And in steps the Son of God. 
Now, this is where I'm having a hard time. Okay, I'm stretching out my hands, all right? And Jesus says, Father, pour that wrath. Pour it on me. I'll take it. I'll take the holy justice, the wrath of the almighty God who cannot look upon sin. Pour your wrath upon me. And I do this so they can be forgiven. When anybody asks you what propitiation is, you tell them that. Because that's what that means. It means to appease the holy wrath of God. And Jesus did that for you. Aren't you glad? This is love. That God would love you and me so much. You know, preaching like this is really interesting today in our postmodern woke culture in which we live. Doctrines like wrath, doctrines like justice, propitiation, Adamic, inherent, intrinsic, original sin. Some of those doctrines, and even some of you today, you're trying to wrap your mind around that going, whoa, what, what is this new doctrine that Brother Danny is preaching? It's the Word of God. It is the simple, basic, biblical teaching that God is good, just, holy, and pure, and you and I, we're not. And we need help, and in steps the Son of God to take upon himself the wrath of the Father. Wow. This is love. This is love explained. Now I want to share with you love expected. Love expected is in verse 11, and I'm going to read it to you again. Uh, Verse 11, if we can pull it back up. And there it is, beloved. Agape toy. You said, I only counted five. You didn't count that one, okay? Agape toy, brethren, men and women of faith, if God, or since would be a good translation, since God so agaped us, and here's the oughtness, here's the responsibility that we also ought, or we should, what? Love each other. That's the love that is expected of the people of God, the children of God. That's what I said earlier. I, I just believe, and I know it to be the truth, that Love, agape love, is best defined and and seen through sacrifice. And so, if God so sacrificed for us that he gave his only begotten son to bear his wrath upon us so that you and I could go scot-free, get that. You know, we can never be be good, right, enough. We can never be righteous enough. It had to be imputed, that goodness, that righteousness, it had to be exchanged, it had to be given to you and me in order for us to be able to go to heaven and in order for us to really live out uh, the gospel. And here it says we ought to love one another. And that's the truth, church, it is. If we've experienced that love, then we want to prefer others above ourselves. We want to serve, we want to sacrifice, we want to go to the end of the line instead of the first. We want to be last instead of first. We want to prefer and bless and help one another. Some of you look at me like, I don't have that wherewithal. I don't have that capacity. But look, look, look at this. When God saves us, when there's been that divine exchange and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is living in you and me, He enables us. He empowers us. He equips us to do what we could never do do before, and that is really love one another. Put another person first. Galatians 6.10 puts it this way, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everybody, but especially 
to those who are of the household of faith. 1 John 3, 16 through 18, by this we know agape, we know love, and here's love explained, because he laid down his life for us. That was my grandbaby, I love that. Isn't that fun? You can hear that baby cry and you know it's yours. Do you know when you cry, God knows it's you? It's your cry, it's just as unique as that cry. I don't even think that was a cry. I just think that was a, hey, pops, preach it. I think that's what she was saying. Just be truthful, you know. This is love because he laid down his life for us. That's love explained. And we also ought, love expected, to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God Abide in him. My little children, John says, let us not love agape in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And I would say just like Jesus did. The last thing I want to share with you before we grab our juice and our bread, have the Lord's Supper, have our invitation, have the Irwins come back and sing again and lead us in worship again. And I've called this last part love illustrated or love pictured. And there is nothing that pictures Christianity, our faith, quite like two, um, we call them in the Baptist or in the Protestant tradition, we call them ordinances. Uh, And these are baptism and the Lord's Supper. It's where our faith takes on a tangible, empirical dimension because there's H2O, there's literal water in that baptistry, right? And this is a literal piece of bread and juice Is the water significant? Is the juice or bread significant? No, not really. But what it points to or pictures or illustrates is profoundly significant because it pictures or illustrates our faith. I have two pictures I want to show you on the screen. The first one is the one that I think of whenever I come to Memorial Day weekend. Do we have this picture? Do we have it, Corey, on on the screen? If we don't, oh, I'd love to show it to you. I don't see it. Do y'all see it? Okay. It's, it's my favorite picture, and it's Memorial Day weekend, and it's, um, it's a young lady. She's in her 20s. She's lying prostrate before the Arlington National Cemetery, and she's weeping over her fiancé who was killed uh, in Afghanistan in 2007. And it's a, it's a famous picture. And whenever I think of Memorial Day, I always want to pull that up. And I want to look at it because this, this is love. That that man, you see it on the screen? That this man, and I'll tell you, um, James Reagan, who gave his life, and that's his sweet uh, fiance. <laughs> that's Memorial Day, by the way. That's why we're... Celebrate. That's why we're rejoicing. Sorry, Mr. President, it's not have a good weekend. It's this. This is love, right? The man, he captured that. He was just walking through it. He had talked to her, talked to Mary for a few minutes. And then when he came back around with his two-year-old daughter, he saw her and he took that picture. Can I show you another picture of love illustrated? 
beaten, bloodied, crucified, Savior of the world, Father's wrath poured on him so you could go to heaven. This is love. And this is the only way that you and I go to heaven. And I'm so grateful to God that he loved us so much that he would let that happen. You say, but I, I, I beg to differ. And I know many and many people watching us online, so well, I, I see it a little bit differently. But here, here's the thing. For all eternity, past, present, future, it'll still be the same. That the only way we're in heaven is because of this. Because Jesus so loved you and so loved me. Just like that soldier, James Reagan, so loved you and so loved me that he laid down his life, stepping on that bomb in Afghanistan, giving his life so that you could live in freedom and not tyranny and not communism and, and not in fear, but with joy and liberty. And it's the same that Jesus said, Father, I take that wrath Pour it out on me so that they can go free. Man. I hope you have your cup. And what we're going to do is just honor the Lord. Let's just take it and open it. These can be a little bit tricky. <laughs> is that Rara? I love her. Goodness. There we go. If you take off, there's a thin layer of plastic on the top. If I can do it holding a mic, I bet you can. All right, there you go. All right, you see it? The little wafer. I'll give you just a moment to, to grab it. My favorite passage of Scripture is Matthew chapter 26, dealing with the Lord's Supper and the commandments. As they were eating that last supper, that love meal, Jesus took bread, he blessed, and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, and he said to them, take and eat, for this is my body, and I invite you to take and eat it with me now. Take a moment, open up the, here it is. Okay, we have the cup here, and likewise, when he took the cup, Jesus gave thanks. He gave it to them, and he said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many, <laughs> for the remission or the forgiveness of sins. And I invite you to, to drink the juice now. Love explained is Christ dying on the cross for your sins and mine. His propitiation, his atoning sacrifice, meaning that he takes the wrath of God so that you could receive God's forgiveness and acceptance. You can have his righteousness imputed upon you. He who knew no sin, Jesus became sin for us. That we, you and I, 2 Corinthians 5.21, might become the righteousness of God. Wow. And love expected is, that's what God expects from us as children. 
that we are to have the same kind of attitude and self-sacrificing nature that Jesus had. We are to put other people's needs above our own. And when we really grasp that, church, we understand when we know Christ and his love, it just oozes out of us. We want to help people. We want to serve people. And if you go back and or you buy their album or listen to the song, This Is Love by the Irwins, the, the first stanza is all about this love expected. It's about feeding the homeless. It's about us getting out of our comfort zones. It's about us demonstrating love for others. Why? Because we have been so enormously, exorbitantly, lavishly loved. Maybe you're here today and say, well, Brother Danny, be just dead honest with you. I don't, I don't have that capacity, that ability. I don't know this God's uh, redeeming love, that, that picture of Jesus on the cross. It really spoke to me. What do I need to do? How do I, how do I become a follower of Christ? How do I know him and his love for me. What, what do I do? And I'll tell you what you do. Here's the thing. God's done all the heavy lifting. In fact, Jesus paid it all, and all he invites you and me to do is this, is surrender. That really is it. To say, God, I, I surrender my life to you. I love you. I embrace you by faith. I turn from my sin. I know that my sin, my sin, would y'all say that with me right quick? My sin. My sin caused Jesus to die on the cross. And so, God, the least that I can do is just say, I am so sorry. Please forgive me, and I yield my life to you. I invite you to do that. I invite you online to do that. I invite those of you that are here in the sanctuary. Uh, it's not in the, the words you say. It's not really in the prayer. It's in the attitude of your heart. If you really believe you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be what? You'll be saved. So I invite you to give your heart, give your life to Christ uh, today. And so the, um, the invitation is, is just that. In fact, I, I'd love for some of our guys and ladies, why don't y'all come on up to the front, some of our uh, counselors. Would y'all go ahead and stand with me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all of us in the congregation. Uh, the Irwins are going to come and, and sing again. And I want to invite you to stand. I, and I, I just want to invite uh, those of you that would pray to receive Christ to come, take one of these pastors, these ministers by the hand, and say, hey, I understand. This is love. This is God's love for me. And I respond to it. I receive it. I believe it. You say, why are you doing this publicly? Can I just, um, can I just do this deal between me and God? And, and, you know, and, and that'll be all. That'll be fine. Look, that picture I showed y'all a minute ago, are y'all with me? He didn't do that in private. He did that in Golgotha, Calvary, Jerusalem. I mean, out in the conspicuous open air in love for you and for me. And I think the least you can do, the least I can do, is come forward in a Baptist church and just say, hey, I'm in. I'm giving my life to Christ. I know I don't have to walk forward to be saved. All I gotta do is just surrender my life to Christ, but I come because I'm just wanting you to know that I've given my heart to the Lord. Father, my prayer in Jesus' name today is that God, you'd save people, that people would understand, Lord, that you so loved them, that you gave your son Jesus as a sacrifice, a propitiation for their sins. And sir and ma'am, who are you that you understand today for the very first time 
Would you give your life to the Lord? I'm inviting you. I'm imploring you. Knowing the terror of the Lord, Paul said, we persuade men and women. We do all that we can as ambassadors to connect you to the God who so loves you. And here it is again, repent and believe the gospel. Online, do it now. You say, well, how do I know if if I do that, then I'm really saved? Oh, my friend, you'll know. (laughs) Glory to God, you will know. There will be a change in your heart. There will be a the joy of the Holy Spirit, you will experience the divine nature of God invading your your soul. And it's something you do not forget. So Father, I'm praying you'd save people today. I'm praying in Jesus' name that there would be many yeses at 10,500 Jollyville. There would be many yeses in Florida and Virginia and Indiana and all over that people are watching us right here, right now. Many would say yes to the King. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.